You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Well, how's everybody doing today? Yeah, who's ready to talk about some TV shows? Yeah! Whew, safe to say last night's Giants game. I'm guessing uh, any of the new entries for greatest TV show of all time, the uh, Giants game from last night, if it were eligible, uh, I don't think anybody would be nominating it. Not even for uh, an Eagles fan, right? Uh, It wasn't like it was anything of beauty for them either. But for the Giant fan, you might say uh, last night's game was like uh, an episode of This Is Us. You go in trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, and then it's so bad by the end you're just in tears. You're just sobbing. Tears. Well, we are off and running on this Friday, whatever day it is. What is it? The 23rd? Hey there! This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. More than you could ever possibly expect to squeeze into one hour of radio. So let's get right to it. Obviously, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at Gordon Damer, our daily poll question. Again, as I said yesterday, I bear no responsibility for the selections in the Regal Tumble, the quest to find the greatest TV show of all time. I turn the power over to you. And you, some of you, have a lot of explaining to do. That's the only thing I can say. This is us, yesterday's entry. Whew, bringing that into this palace of TV entertainment. Well, it went about as well as you could probably expect, but we'll kind of recap yesterday's result, get you ready for our latest entry. I think one that could surprise a lot of people. And today, even despite what happened yesterday with uh, the pick, which was a selection of the 98.7 Illuminati, the, the shadow group behind the scenes making selections, even despite how poorly that went yesterday, we are going back to the well of another Illuminati pick today. But, of course, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with last night. What happened last night? Well, the Giants were playing, and they lost the Eagles to open up Week 7, obviously, 22-21. Even for a team like the Giants, that basically loses all the time. Even for a team like the Giants, who have now lost eight straight to the Eagles. Last night stinks. There's no other way to put it. The Giants, what they were actually able to do over the first, what, three-plus quarters of the game last night, and I want to hear from you on this because it certainly felt like this way to me. They, they kind of roped me in. They kind of made me think, you know what? Maybe it's not so crazy, right? Maybe it's not so crazy to think that the Giants, not necessarily that they were going to win the NFC East if they won last night, but you know what? They could maybe be a factor. We all kind of agree. Well, everybody with eyes agrees the NFC East is terrible. And everybody kind of agrees that, the NFC East is probably going to be decided by how the teams play each other. I don't know how many wins any of these teams are going to be able to get against, you know, good teams. But if they're playing each other, that, that's kind of a good barometer. How, how you do in those games is going to tell the tale. And the Giants were on the verge of beating Washington and Philly. And while you're sitting there, you're thinking, well, they came right down to the wire against Dallas. Dallas is not very good. Giants are going to get their second straight win. You know what? Maybe Joe Judge has got something going here. Maybe the Giants know what they're doing. Maybe, they're, they, they're, maybe they actually are 
on the right track. And as we get deeper into the season and players believe more in the system, who knows? And it was a game in which the Eagles kind of dominated the first half, but only led by three. They missed the field goal right before the half. And at that point, as often as the Giants give up scores, give up touchdowns, give up points right before the half, the fact the Eagles were in such prime position to score points before the half ended and didn't, I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe this is the Giants kind of night. Carson Wentz played like he had never played football before. If Daniel Jones played the exact same game as Carson Wentz did for three quarters last night, the calls today would be lined up. This guy is lost. He's got no composure. He's no, what is he doing? Taking terrible sacks, throwing weird interceptions, running around like a head, a chicken with his head cut off. It, it seemed like early on that he just simply did not respect the Giants' defense. Like he was willing to take chances that a normal veteran quarterback would not take because he felt like, ah, nothing, there's not going to be any, you know, negative repercussions in this. That would be one thing if he did it on like the first drive or the first quarter. He kept doing it throughout the entire game. I mean, he was legit terrible for three quarters. And the Giants' defense kept the minute last night. I really felt like last night was almost in some ways more telling about the Eagles than the Giants. But third quarter, Wayne Gallman from one yard out. This after uh, the Daniel Jones 80-yard run falling down, which I'm sure you're going to see. If, you haven't, if you've not already seen it on a loop, you will see it on a loop. Uh, and then fourth quarter, Eagles decide to go for it on a fourth and goal from the two. Giants get a big stop there. And then Daniel Jones who we've all focused on and and talked about as their progress, as their not progress. He helps guide a 15-play, 98-yard drive, caps it off with a touchdown to Sterling Shepard. And you're sitting there, 21-10, six minutes left. And not that you're thinking that the game is over. I mean, the Eagles still have a shot. They still have their own opportunity here. But you're sitting pretty, I mean, you'd rather be up 21-10 with six minutes to go against a team that has scored 10 points and needs at least 11 to tie the game. And then Wentz comes out, hits some guy high tower for 60 yards, and just like that, they're right down the field. But okay, they get the touchdown, no big deal, right? You still, they go for two, don't get it, you're still up five. Giants are going to have one more drive, you, you eat some clock. And instead, five plays, you're punting right back. And by now, you know what happens. Eagles drive again. Wentz hits uh, Boston Scott with a a gorgeous touchdown pass. And the Eagles end up winning 22-21. And the Giants did have one last gasp. Daniel Jones fumbling. Game over. As bad a game as you could have, right? One-point game ends with a Jones fumble. But that game last night is not on Daniel Jones. And look, there's more than enough people. If you want to place the blame, there's more than enough people to blame for last night. And I think the first person that I probably would go with, and look, you can have your own selections and run them down however you want. The one to me that is the most uh, glaring is Evan Ingram. The trade deadline is coming up uh, on November 3rd. I, I, I think I can speak for Giant fans, not that I am among them, 
But not not just that you want to maybe trade that guy, but if not, shoot the guy into the sun. I mean, you watch a game like last night, and they keep running these these reverse plays with him, and you're thinking to yourself, why do they get him down the field? You know, this guy is a matchup problem. Giants don't, especially when Sterling Shepard was out, they don't have too many matchup problems. Get this guy down the field. Get this guy into some open space. Throw him the ball and let him do his thing. We've been waiting. He's been this constant tease. Well, second to last drive, you're sitting there third and seven, and Daniel Jones drops in a perfect pass, just dropped it right in the bucket, and as well as Jones dropped it in, Ingram dropped it even more, just absolutely awful. And for all the following, the reason why I put Ingram first is because all the things that follow, if Ingram just simply makes what is should be a routine catch, the game is over. If he makes that catch, barring some, you know, terrible turnover or something like that, that game is almost certainly over. And of course, we've watched Evan Ingram time and time and time again uh, just drop catchable balls. And we've watched it throughout the course of this year, never mind other years. But that one, that one is absolutely inexcusable. And uh, with the trade deadline coming up, if the Giants can get anything for Evan Ingram, by all means. What is it and how fast can we do it? Andrew Thomas, the first round pick, the fourth overall pick, is a problem. There's no other way. I mean, you were watching it. They were, they were focusing on it last night. Now, I'm not going to tell you the guy's a bust seven games into his career, but he's a problem. And think about what that says about Andrew Thomas being a problem on the Giants offensive line. You're a problem when you're the one being focused on as the problem of the Giants' offensive line. That's like the guy who has so many problems he gets kicked out of Guns N' Roses. I mean, it's not like you're really talking with a high... There's not a high bar to clear. And yet, are you not, you're not even clearing the bar. You're so far down that you are seen as the issue with the, the unit that has always been an issue. So the Giants have had lots of bad losses. They've had lots of bad losses to the Eagles, losses in seasons where the Giants were a good team. Uh, they're not a good team. The Eagles are not a good team. But last night was right. I would have to think last night was right up there with all of them. Because last night was a night where you kind of got sucked in. You would have to get sucked in to a game like that and, and start to think that not that you're good necessarily, but given the landscape of the NFC East, you had, if you win last night, you are going to be in the mix. You are, that's the kind of win that you need to get a team believing early on in the year. And again, I'm not saying that you were going to win 10 games as a result of that, but that could have put you on a little bit. All of a sudden, those games that you look at, you say, well, that's not a winnable. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe you start to believe. And not only did the Giants make you maybe believe last night and rope you in, they also took that hope and just snuffed it out in one game. And I mean, there were so many plays, so many play, so many opportunities and guys that could have just done the opposite of what they did and the result would have been different. Uh, I think it was the, the last, right after the Giants' last score, when it was 21-10, Wentz drops back, throws a, should have been a pick. It was dropped. Uh, Ryan Lewis had an illegal contact that wiped out a sack. Could have been third and 17. Instead, it was a first down for the Eagles at like the 25. Uh, 
They had a too many men on the field penalty. Some guy named Harper, I don't even know who that is, got beat for a touchdown and decided to headbutt the guy who caught the touchdown. After the Giants punt, they had the penalty on Ballantyne for 15 yards for lowering his head. Bradbury gets called for interference. Logan Ryan gets called for holding in the end zone. The Eagles end up beating the Giants, but in a lot of ways, Giants beat themselves. And, you know, Joe Judge, like all coaches, talks about the fundamentals, talks about the discipline, and yet they, I think there's going to be a lot of guys running laps today. Let's put it out there for that. And, you know, it really kind of sucks for Daniel Jones because when we talk about any team, you're going to focus on the quarterback, especially a young quarterback. And last night could have been, you know, a real highlight to the season for him in a season that has not really had any. Right, That 80-yard run and the drive when you get the ball at your two-yard line, driving the length of the field, division game to get your second one of the year and maybe start to maybe believe a little bit. And instead, what's it going to be today? You know what it's going to be. On all the national shows, it's going to be you know jokes about him falling down, mocking him, pointing to the interception or the fumble. Those are not the reasons why the Giants lost. Now, I'm not saying he was fantastic, but he was not the problem. He was not the problem. And at the end of the day, you know what? It probably is for the best. But when you're sitting there, you know, it, it's in, when you're a fan and you sometimes you can, once the games are over, right, you can kind of sit back and say, oh, you know what? This team is still not very good. We need a higher draft pick. But when you're sitting there watching the games, nobody's saying, nobody's having that, uh, that moment of clarity then, right? And that perspective then. When you're watching the games, you want your team to do good things. And the Giants did do some good things last night. And unfortunately, they did too many bad things over the last six and a half minutes of the game that kind of wiped that out. And now they're sitting at one and six. The season's over. You're not getting the first pick in the draft. You're going to be now in a mix with a whole bunch of bad teams to see where you actually end up drafting. And uh, it feels like, you know what? You had a real chance last night to... To, to put your mark on something. You know what I mean? I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you win last night and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're going to be some 10-win team. But now the benefit that you had going into last night, which was the NFC East is terrible, and you could maybe, <laughs> you could maybe come out of that, that muck and, and be the team, now kind of goes against you if you're thinking, well, you know what, it's for the best because now you've got to play all the bad teams in the NFC East, and that's almost certainly going to inflate your win total where you're going to be picking sixth or seventh in the draft, and the work, you know, the silver lining of this year uh, is not nearly what it could have been if, you know, you were playing in another division where you weren't going to win anyway. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll talk uh, a little bit more on Daniel Jones because I have, I think, a real point to make here. Because if you see people today, pointing out Daniel Jones's flaws and looking at that game last night and, and using him, I think it tells you about more about the person who is telling you that. We have so much to do today. Of course, want to hear from you. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Giants last night. Jets this weekend. I got uh, some things to say about uh, the reaction, the very negative reaction to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming out and talking about his benching in Miami and what a real, the real area area where uh, people should be focusing. But first, uh, you know, obviously the Giants lose last night 
And there's no other way to put it. Last night stings. Even you can you can come up with all the excuses you want. You know what? They're not a good team anyway. I don't want them to win games. I want them to have as good a draft pick as possible. I don't really want to show some some uh, fake gold type of of progress, fool's gold type of progress that keeps Dave Gettleman around. There's no way you can watch last night's game during that game and not feel the sting of that one because you had an opportunity there. And now that opportunity is gone. Now you're sitting at one and six and uh, you just gave away a game. And it's kind of hard. You know, when you continually lose these games, it's all well and good to say, well, we were in this game and we were in that game. I'll give you that. But at some point, you got to start winning those games. And certainly last night is one uh, that you have to win. Last night is not the example of, you know, the Bears, the, the Rams game or, or, or this, you know, the, the Steelers game. Those ones you can look at and say, you know, we we're right there. We were right there. We could have made a play here. We could have played. Last night is one that you weren't cl- You lost. You lost that game. That one is on you. You blew up in that one, and that's the reason why you lost. Now, I'm sure today people will be focusing on uh, Daniel Jones, right? When you're, when you're a team like the Giants and you've got a second-year quarterback, it's all about seeing the progress from him and, and whether or not there's going to be that progress. I will say this. Daniel Jones still has lots to prove. If you are someone who is t- your main takeaway from last night is that that was on Daniel Jones, then either... I think that you were probably going to do that no matter what, right? Like to, to point out from last night, a one point loss. Well, the quarterback had another interception turnovers are an issue. And then he had a fumble as well. If that's your takeaway from watching that, either you're intellectually dishonest, right? And, and that was the point you were going to make no matter what, or you didn't watch the game. Now, again, this is not to say, I know that Daniel Jones is the guy. I still think he's got a lot to prove. I will say one thing. That dude must be made out of titanium because there is at least one play each week where when the play happens, you almost expect, it's like the play happens and you think to yourself, right? Oh boy, geez, he's hurt. And he pops right up. He had that play last night where was it Dion Lewis? Was it Freeman? I can't remember. The running back gets like driven back and gets driven back into Jones's knees and he like gets whipped down. And as soon as you see that play, you think, Oh my God, he's torn ACL. He's going to be out now though. The problems really begin and he pops right back up. So that dude is definitely tough. Um, And I thought last night was a chance for the giants to kind of get, you know, things really pointed in the right. It's all well and good to win a game. You have to beat Washington. Last night was a chance to, you know, put another little building block. In, in this year. And maybe you don't want the building blocks now that the game's over and you can have, you know, a little bit of perspective. You cannot be watching that game last night and say to yourself, ah, you know, while the game's going on, that's ah, for the best. That's ah, for, the-. they roped you in. They had to have roped you in last night, at least for a little while. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. John is in West Babylon. John, what's going on, my man? So, uh, you know, just in hindsight of the game yesterday. I'm sort of glad the Giants lost as a Giants fan because, God forbid, they had actually managed to win the division title with like a 6-10 and 10 record or something. Now, that might have convinced Giants ownership to keep Dave Gellman around for another year, so they might have thought he was actually building something. Yeah, look, John, I can understand now that the game is over and you've had a few hours to, you know, kind of digest it. During the game, though, when you're, you know, you got a 21-10 lead and six minutes to play, 
you can have both things. Like, as a fan, you're allowed to flip-flop, right? Like, once you have a little time to digest the game, you can say, yeah, it's probably for the best. But while the game is going oh, on, definitely. I don't think that you can be like, hey, you know what, Carson Wentz just threw a touchdown pass, and uh, we're going to lose this game. Yippee. No, no, during the game, you're annoyed that happens. It's right. just in hindsight, you feel a little bit better about it. You're like, all right, you know, maybe this will make sure your giant ownership doesn't keep Dave Gettleman around. Yeah, no, I think that that's pretty clear. Uh, and, and, John, thanks for the call. I just think the problem is that the Giants have. You know, the good thing going into last night was, and the reason, one of the reasons why you could kind of believe a little bit, was that you're playing the NFC East. And maybe you can make a little bit of a run, right? It doesn't, all you have to do is beat the teams in your division, and you'll prob, you can't play your way out of it. It's almost impossible to play your way out of it. So uh, you get a win against the Eagles. You already got a win against Washington. You got another game against Dallas, which you took right down to the wire the last time. This time, who knows what shape they'll be in when you face them again. So that was the good thing going into last night, and it was the good thing with about six and a half minutes to go. Now the bad thing is you lose that game to the Eagles. You're one and six, and you're probably going to still find a way to get some. You know, there's a lot of one-win teams. The Falcons have one win. The Texans have one win. So I, I think that the fact that you play in the NFC East like to think that the Giants are just the second worst team, so they'll have the second pick in the draft. I don't think that that's going to play out that way. We'll see. I mean, it is possible. I mean, they've lost so many close games that eventually uh, you think that they they kind of have to add up at some point. But I think that the Giants are probably going to win some games just based on the fact, again, they play a bunch of bad teams in their division. Uh, let's go out to Eddie in Brooklyn. Eddie, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. I'd like to give a shout-out to all my fellow workers and Sully, my main man. Um, listen, I have a problem with Daniel, Daniel Jones not holding under the ball, man. I mean, imagine if we had a good team and he keep, he had fumbleitis like that. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, but last you know, night, I, I mean, they, that was not – I mean, yeah, absolutely he has to take care of the ball better, but that's not why you lost that game last night. No, Daniel Jones was not the no, reason no, you I'm, lost. I never say that's where we lost yeah. the game. I'm just saying my quarterback. I need my quarterback to be holding under the ball. Maybe yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's an issue, and um, you know, I, and the interception. I guess it was partially on him too, right? He threw it a little too hard. But I mean, Evan Ingram. Oh my God, could the guy hold? I mean, the, the, Evan Ingram result had a play that I think more responsibility is on him, and a play that resulted in a turnover, and yet that was not Evan Ingram's worst play of the game. So, um, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, Look, the questions about Jones are still going to be there. I'm not telling you that he answered anything or he, you know, we'll watch it and we'll see how it plays out over the last, uh, what, nine games of the season. Um, But I thought that I did not look at Daniel Jones as being the reason last night. There's been other games where I said, you know what, that's more glaring. That's a big problem. He's had interceptions every single week, basically. I mean, he's a turnover machine. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He is a turnover machine. No, I'm not saying, um, like I said, I'm not saying that he's the reason of the game, but like in every game, he's like fumbling the ball. That's not good. He needs to go to bed with the ball under his arm or something like somebody trying to steal it from him when he's sleeping at night. And you got to hold on to it. They got to do something about that. That's that's what I'm saying. You know what, Eddie? Maybe they just can't. You know what I mean? Like, that was the reason why, and Eddie, thanks for the call. That was the reason why I had optimism about Jones going into year two was that, yeah, he turns the ball over. But you think to yourself, if the problem is that easily recognizable, then it's probably easily fixed, right? Like, okay, you know, like with Darnold, the questions are, they're much more nebulous, right? They're much more like uh, it's about presence in the pocket. Whose fault is it on this play or that play? The offensive line breaks down. With Jones, it's clear cut. 
Stop turning the ball over. Stop forcing the ball into bad spots. Protect the ball when you're standing in the pocket. Have a little bit of a clock inside your head that says, okay, the sack is probably coming here. Let me get rid of the ball, or at the very least, let me make sure I have two hands on the ball. So you thought that the fact that it was that easily recognizable would be easily fixed. Uh, That has not been the case. (laughs) So far, not so good. Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on? Lewis? Do we not have Lewis? No, Lewis. All right. Well, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, no, he's not there. Well, Lewis, if you want to get back to us, you certainly can. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. I think that was Lewis's best call of the week right there. I think that those made, he made it, you know, after making calls about how the Yankees have to trade Aaron Judge and uh, the other th- silly things he brings up sometimes. I think that was Lewis's best call. Uh, we're way past big speech time, huh? I want to thank you for the last few months. It's been very special for me. I love you guys. Gene! Uh, Hoosiers, 1986. Gene Hackman, Dennis Hopper. 86, that long ago. Well, who, uh, Hoosiers actually started filming, I think it was yesterday, was the anniversary for their first started filming. We could have went with either Hoosiers or First Blood, the first Rambo movie that was released yesterday in 1982. So we went with the more current. That's right on the tip of everybody's tongue. Hoosiers from 1986. Oh my God, I'm so old. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We take you up until six o'clock. We've been talking about the Giants today. Eagles beat the Giants last night. I think you could also say that the Giants beat the Giants last night. And for me, last night's game is much more on the coaching staff than it is on the quarterback. I thought the quarterback actually didn't play too poorly last night. Yes, he had another fumble. Yes, he had another interception. And at some point, either he gets that corrected this year or he doesn't, and you got to move on. If he continues to do that from now until the rest of the season, every single week it's another interception. And I don't really put them on him. The fumble obviously is on him. But you got to protect the ball better. I mean, I don't know what else. I don't know how many more times it's got to be said. But the interception, I I didn't really look at that one as, you know, forcing a ball into the spot. Did he throw it too hard given the circumstances? Yeah, probably. But Evan Ingram's got to make that catch. I put that one more on Ingram than I do on Jones. To me, for for Joe Judge, who's talked about discipline and, you know, focusing on, you know, the fundamentals and – the Giants just melted down in the final six, seven minutes of that game last night. So many examples of it, not just in the, the, the play execution, right? Like Evan Ingram dropping that pass that would have probably put the game away on a third and seven, but, you know, penalties here, penalties there. It was just an absolute mess. So the Giants now sitting at one and six. We have the Jets who legally I am forced to talk. I know you don't want to hear about them, but actually yesterday, the offensive coordinator, Dowell Loggins, said something that I 100% agree with. And see if you agree with him as well. Now, this week, they might get Sam Darnold back. It looks like Denzel Mims is getting closer to making his season debut as well. Dowell Loggins was talking about Sam. I don't know what the question was per se, but he said, Sam right now is the least of our worries. And I don't know if he's the least. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But yes, I would, I would say that he is not their greatest worry. That's the coaching staff. That's you guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we would all agree the coaching staff, far bigger issue for the Jets. 
And the question for the Jets this week is, can they just be regular bad? That's how bad the Jets have been. That they're not just, they're extraordinarily bad. They do something every single week that it's, it's like you've never seen it before. Every single week, if it's it, maybe it's performance, maybe it's effort, maybe it's a penalty, maybe it's a, a play. The Jets, the 2020 Jets, I've said it before, the 2020 Jets, you got to see it to believe it. The, the numbers, the math does not do justice to just how bad they are, right? They have all these one-win teams and the Jets have zero wins. And you think if just looking at the standing, well, you know, the Jets are just a little bit worse. No, they're way worse. They're way worse than everybody else. So I would just simply say the question for this week is, can they just be regular bad? Against the Bills team that's lost two in a row, the the wheels, as we brought up with Omar yesterday, the wheels on the uh, Josh Allen bandwagon, oh boy, you think the cross Bronx is bad. Those wheels have really come off the ship. Uh, And ships generally don't have wheels. So um, last time the Bills did more to keep the Jets in the game than the Jets did. So we'll see whether or not the Jets can just be regular old bad this week. Just be a a normal bad team that loses another game. All right, that is the football story. But of course, that's not really what we're looking at today, right? We are looking at the Regal Tumble, the Gordon Damer Show quest to find the greatest television show of all time. And I must say, next week, you think the decisions have been hard so far? Oh my gosh, next week might be, from Monday through Friday, the most star-studded week that we have in the entire contest. But we continue today. It is day five. Every single day, we eliminate one show. You do, the voters, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And we threw a new show in the hopper. So before we get to who the new contestant is, let's bid adieu to the show that got eliminated yesterday. Yeah. It was not really a contest yesterday. I was, I was trying to get people to vote, but when people look at the vote and they see that This Is Us is there. This Is Us was never... Who, Brian, who is the wrestler who might get included in the uh, Royal Rumble who just has no... Like, in my day, it was uh, Special Delivery Jones, who every single... Or Iron Mike Sharp. Every single week, they would be on TV. Uh-huh. And every single week, they would just lose their match. Is there a guy nowadays like a, well, who is the, the I current Special Delivery Jones? Growing up, I kind of remember the Brooklyn Brawler always being right. that type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's kind of tough. There's no, there's no tomato can. There's no jabroni. There was one, but he, he like, got released from the company. Zack Ryder was one of those. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, I keep thinking Brooklyn Brawler because I just remember he kept jobbing to everybody. So. All right, well, Special Delivery Jones was Ric Flair compared to This Is Us going up against the competition yesterday. So we bid adieu. This Is Us should never have been brought into this conversation, as uh, I think we all kind of admit right now. Can't go up against these kind of behemoths. So this is us. We'll say we'll bid adieu. And, of course, the entrants that are remaining, we know them very well now as we head into day five. They are... Yes, Cheers. The Office and Game of Thrones. All right, so we know Cheers, The Office, and Game of Thrones. Time to get a new entrant. Give us the countdown, Oh my goodness! My life got 
Now, if we had decided to go with, instead of just shows, TV show theme songs, this might have been, uh, I don't know if it would have been the prohibitive favorite. There's a lot of great theme songs in the history of television. But a very strong contender, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So that is our new entrant into the Regal Tumble. The vote going up on Twitter. No, no, don't do this. No, we have to do it. I'm sorry, Jim Raw. You say every day, don't do this. I have to do it. We have to continue. We we have so many shows. Yeah, we have so many shows that we have to get to. And the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, again, another 98.7 Illuminati uh, selection. Now, I'm not going to tell you who was the person who selected this show, but they are part of the Illuminati. So there you go. Fresh Prince, Cheers, The Office, Game of Thrones. You can vote on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We'll see. Maybe the Fresh Prince. Those are four pretty solid shows. Now, I'm not saying that they're the top four, but today's a day where it's going to be a little bit of a decision, right? Like yesterday was easy, right? It's going to obviously be This Is Us. I don't know which way this is going to go. I don't know which way. So it's all up to you. Will you Cheers vote. get eliminated? Will What's that? Cheers could get eliminated? Will Game, Game of, of Thrones? Thrones get eliminated? I've got to be honest. Game of Thrones, much like their final season, not been that strong. They're a little shaky right now. They're a little shaky. They're vulnerable. Or could it be that the people who love The Office are also people that love The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they, they take some of the, you know, that, that nostalgia quotient that might factor in here that the office loses some votes and the Fresh Prince gains some votes. So there you go. You can vote on Twitter. Our selection for today. Today's new contender is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So joining Cheers, The Office, and Game of Thrones. And today, going to be a real interesting one to see. Yesterday, pretty easy right once this is us once you see this is us i felt bad even bringing it up but once you see that's there it makes it a very easy selection let's put it that way any of the other three are going to beat this is us clearly today not so much they're gonna we're gonna lose a show that a lot of people are gonna be upset they lost so it's up to you to vote and again lowest vote total gets thrown over the top rope and if it were to happen i don't know if today's the day If it were to happen that two shows finish below the 10% percentile, both shows, it's a double elimination. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So it's up to you to vote. Fresh Prince, Cheers, The Office, Game of Thrones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-ESPN. You know, I didn't want to... Yesterday we talked about the uh, baseball rule changes, and I didn't go crazy because you knew, I knew, that the, all these dopey rules they were going to try and slip in, they, they brought it up as, oh, it's just for this year. And then you knew expanded playoffs, the dopey runner at second base. So I didn't get crazy. But then yesterday I saw that now they're saying that they're going to go back to the pitcher hitting in the National League, that they, they would have to, to vote the DH into both leagues in for next. What, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? That's the only rule that you changed that makes sense. Of course, both leagues should have the DH. You're never going back to the American League having a pitcher hitting. So just put the DH in the National League. Oh my God, they're so lost. So lost. The other thing, before we get back to the phones, Ryan Fitzpatrick the other day loses his job as the Dolphins quarterback, starting quarterback. They hand the job to Tua, which by any metric, any way you look at it, it's a very, it's very strange timing. But he came out and he was asked about it. And he had some real heartfelt 
comments about losing his job that, you know, he thought it was, it was surprising to him. He felt blindsided. And I can understand why. He's even surprised he's been playing as well as he has. He won two games in a row, and they won them by a combined 50 points, and he loses his job because Tua goes in there. And I, I don't know why they decided now was the time. At first you think, all right, it's the bye week, but there's no practices during the bye week. So it's strange timing that way. It's not like the team has uh, all of a sudden now this easy stretch of games. They play the Rams their next game. That's not an easy game. This, to me, reeks of the owner getting involved. Last year, the Dolphins were tanking. Oh, just about the Fitzpatrick stuff. You know, we always ask, hey, guys, just be, uh, just be honest, right? Just give us honest answers and uh, we'll see, you know, whatever. We won't criticize you if you're just honest. So here's Ryan Fitzpatrick really bearing his soul, giving you what it feels like for someone to, to be in his position. And everybody's criticizing. Oh, how could you be blind? Oh, how could you feel that way? Well, do you want him to be honest or do you want him to just go out there and give you the same tripe everybody else gives you? You can't have both ways. You can't have it both ways, all right? Uh, to me, the decision, which is a strange one to make the change now, reeks of the owner getting involved. Absolutely. Last year, the Dolphins were tanking, and then the national media, which it was a, it was a little bit there, but then as they kept losing games week in and week out, ESPN, the guys on, uh, was it Sunday Countdown or was it Monday night? They got them all over him. This is irresponsible. You're going to get guys hurt. And then all of a sudden, the Dolphins started to try to win games. Justin Herbert looks good. Joe Burrow's getting this praise. This, to me, is the owner coming out and, and, and telling people within the organization, I want to see my new toy. And unfortunately, the owner's a buffoon. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think it's important for them to get to it in there, mainly to see whether or not he can handle 10 straight games in a row. That's the key for him. The, 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 it's not necessarily about the ability. It's about his availability. And after the injuries that he had in college, the injury that he had last year with the hip, can he stay healthy for 10 straight weeks? We're about to find out. All right, let's get uh, some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, Giants, Jets, Regal, Tum- whatever you want. Let's go to uh, – Lewis is back in Whippany. He's still in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on? Hey, hey, sorry, man. I guess you couldn't hear me. But, uh, no. hey, listen, you uh, you set me up for two uh, Barca uh, bar quotes, right? Uh, the first one is uh, – the Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, the uh, Fitz tragic is not far behind uh, the Fitz magic. So that's why he said it's the right time to uh, actually go for Tua. The bye week, I know you said there's no practice, yeah, yeah, all that stuff, right? But my main point for calling today is that, um, man, NFL players, and Boschka said this thing, <laughs> he said it also, NFL players nowadays are really, really dumb, man. There was a few plays last uh, last night where – I don't know if you, how uh, much of the game you watched. But I in the watched the entire quarter, game. I was up all okay, night. So in, the, so in the fourth quarter, uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, the Eagles are like at like the three, four-yard line. Um, Carson Wentz motions the receiver from the left to the right. The Giants don't adjust in time. The receiver's by himself. Literally, all he had to do was snap it and throw it to him. It would be a touchdown. He waits for the DB to adjust, and he snaps the ball, and then they, they don't score, and he was on fourth down also. Like what are you what are you doing? And then like a few plays later, you know, um, the the Eagles defender clearly is passing interference, and he's like looking around like, what did I do wrong? Well, what, I mean, they always, do, I I mean, they always do that, right? They, I mean, but they but, always but, do like that. it's so it's so egregious. It's crazy. It's like they don't teach these guys. Like I, you know, I was telling Brian like, dude, I remember 
like even in high school, they teach you. And I know they do it in college because Champ Bailey has talked about it. You grab by the jersey just enough to tuck. I can't criticize players for like physical mistakes. Like I, I, you know, I can't, I can't do that either. You know what I mean? It's very, very difficult to be like, well, only grab this much while the play is taking well, place it's, at a hundred no, miles I, an I, hour. No, no, I get it. Look, there's a reason why obviously I didn't make it to the NFL. My talents weren't there. I wasn't physically gifted to do it. But come on, man. On the mental standpoint, you have to learn how to play your position. You get paid to do this. That's what Bosco was killing the the Cowboys there on Wednesday. They're so bad. You know, the DN not not knowing that he has contained, that's a basic thing they even teach you in seventh grade, man. Like, yeah. come no, on. Look, I, mean, I mean, especially, and Lewis, thanks for the call. I mean, for the Giants, you know, they got a lot of guys that, you know, are, are not, they, they, they're forced to go with them, right? Like, they're not the guys that they really want to go with. They're a lot of scrap heap guys. And they're trying to make it work. And, and last night, uh, over the last six and a half minutes of that game, uh, every single one of them, it felt like, uh, kind of reared their ugly head, uh, unfortunately. And, and it cost them. Spike's in Jersey. Spike. Good morning, my friend. Talk about the game last night. Evan Ingram's got to catch that ball. If he catches that ball, they win the game, I'm pretty yeah, sure. You're going to hand him his walking papers. He might drop those as well. Yeah, I saw him last year, and I said, I called someone, I said, call everyone, I said, someone's great to be 40 on, he couldn't hold on to anything, and he's really a wide receiver, he can't block, he was overrated, so bad for the kid, he laid a beautiful ball in there, he's oh, a turnover problem, what are you going to do, by the way, I rest real quick on wrestling, uh, I dated a girl in Nutley, New Jersey, and I guess I was 30 or so, early 70s, late 60s, and I go to, and out of the next door neighbor's door walks this guy, and I'm staring at him, he sees I'm looking at him, he goes, you don't know who I am, who are you? He says, and he posed, Chief J. Strongbow. There was. you go, Chief J. Strongbow. So his name was Jack. He introduced himself. My name's Jack Scarpa. I said, but you, he said, and he puts his head back like that pose he used to make. And right. he goes, you know me now? And he says, hold on. He goes to his trunk of his car and pulls out his headdress. I wish I had a phone then or the camera. Right, yeah. Well, it was a little <laughs> diff- more yeah. difficult to take pictures back in the day there, Spike. All right, Spike, yeah, thanks, man. Good. Uh, all right, we're, gonna, we're almost out of time. Um, uh, look, please vote on the Regal Tumble. I think that's my main point today. Vote on the Regal Tumble. The Giants are the Giants, right? They're one and six. And now the season's over. The season, any glimmer of hope that you may have had, and, and you had to have had it during that game. You're up 21-10, six minutes to go. You started to believe. And then the Giants snuffed out that belief. In the same day, they gave you that belief. But we'll be back tomorrow starting at 7, 98.7 FM, ESPN. New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.